So welcome to Church on the North Coast tonight. I'm glad you're here. Uh, one announcement for tonight. If you're not, how many are not in a life group? Raise your hand. You'll be shy. You're not going to raise your hand. But I know most of you in the room are probably not in a life group because I don't see in a life group. But if you're not in a life group, join us tomorrow. French Creek, 630. French Creek Park, 630. If you're not in a life group, we'd love to have you be a part of our very own life group. If you're not in a life group. It's very important that, it's more important that you're in a life group than it is that you come to church on Sunday or Wednesday. I would rather you not come to church, but, but, but be plugged in to a family in covenant, have people praying for you, lifting you up, than I would have you come and just be a part of the service. So I encourage you, get plugged into a life group. It's essential for your growth. Thank you very much, Joe. I was going I wasn't sure how I was going to handle that, but you helped me out a whole lot there. Thank you very much. So that's the only announcement for tonight. You have your uh, Bible. Um, you can go to, let's start. Where do, you want, where do you guys want to start? In the beginning? Well, that's in Genesis. But uh, you know what? We should do that one time. I should just come in here and uh, we just see what God does, you know. But uh, do this. Go to, uh, go to Exodus 34 first. Exodus 34, 14. Go there. And then while you're in Exodus, take your finger and go to John 4. John 4. And uh, that's enough. That'll be enough for us tonight. I probably won't get through this whole thing uh, this evening. And I'll probably have to come back. But, um, you know, it, you could write this down. There's only one way to worship God, spirit and truth. Jesus is exclusive, and there's only one way to worship him. And that is, that, that, that means there is an acceptable form of worship, and there is an unacceptable form of worship. There's only one way to worship God. Exodus tells us, let me receive the offering, I guess, before I, before I go too far. Because if I don't do that, we, uh, we can't pay the bills. Uh, and uh, the bills we pay are, the, are, are those of our congregation. So, so I really want to give you the opportunity to give tonight. Give to, your, uh, to the family of God here at Church on the North Coast. I want to say thank you for your faithful giving here and supporting the vision that God has for this region. We believe God is moving mightily, and we thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, I do, I do want to say this, and I don't, uh, I'm, I'm praying hard about this, but I don't know how long I'm going to keep these cameras on. I don't know how long, well, maybe y'all could just come in and like pretend like they're on, you know what I mean? But I don't know how long I'm going to broadcast online. I don't, I, I just feel like we need a break from this world. I feel like I don't know that being online is, is really doing those who are viewing us week in and week out the good that's necessary. And so I'm really praying about it. I got a lot of people around me that are like, you better not do that. You can't do that. Like, 
Troy, don't you understand? There are people who are watching who need the gospel. And I say, yes, I'm so, I'm, here's, I think, you know, You know, the secret to Samson's strength was the secret. He had a secret between him and God, and that secret became his strength. You know that Jesus said, when you pray, get into a secret place, and there while you're in the secret place, God will meet you in secret. There's something, there's something about not making everything easy and not making everything accessible. How about we start having church and we don't tell anyone. We just say, if you want God, you got to figure out where we're gathering, when we're gathering, how we're gathering. You go figure it out. If you want God, pursue him, man. Pursue him. I'm tired of serving up filet mignon to a culture that does not appreciate it or value or reverence. Or I'm, I'm just tired of participating in all of it. I say, let's go back to the secret place with our God and I'm sorry if you're online but I know there's something to be found in the presence of the Lord when we when we get to a secret place with God when we stop making everything so easy and convenient for everybody everywhere oh it's too hot in here oh it's too loud in here oh it's too smoky in here oh it's too bright in here I mean let's just get to the secret place with God I believe there's something to be found there. All of that to say, man, I don't, I might just turn them off mid-sermon tonight, you know. So, but I think I won't turn them off until after this election because you need to vote yes on issue one. (laughs) And you could just get used to that version of me because I'm done with with that game. I'm finished with this whole charade that, that the government gets to tell me what I get to, what I, the truth that I get to declare from the pulpit of the living God. You can go ahead and lick dirt, son. That ain't, I'm done with all of that mess. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be quite, quite in your business as we get into this next year. I'm going to tell you what it is and how it is and who it is and what they're doing. I'm going to just tell you the truth. And you might not like it because it might step on your political toes, but I'd rather you get to heaven than mix up your theology with your politics, you know. All I have to say, let's take the offering. Amen, amen. Amen. We're off to a great start on Wednesday night. Uh, so vote yes on issue one. That's just kids playing. Vote yes because uh, really the agenda behind it is, is the murder of children. Let me just tell you that. It, it, if you go on the a side of no, what you're going to find out 
is that is being driven by the liberal left that wants, the, that wants to uh, manipulate the voting in order to accomplish the murder of the unborn. And if you're not cool with that, door's right there. You know what I'm saying? I love you. I bless you. But I'm telling you that life is sacred. God says so, and that's just the way it is. That's what the Bible says, and that's what I'm going to preach. Amen? So you need to vote yes. That's, that's what you need to vote for now. And I went, to, I went to Subway the other day, and I paid $13 for what used to be a $5 foot long. We need to fix some stuff in this country because I, I was still hungry after I ate that sandwich. I was upset. $13, man, back in the day, I would get a $5 foot long. $13. I was like... I didn't order nothing else. I just ordered one foot long, $13. We got, some, we got some problems. But so anyhow, thank you for your faithful giving at Church on the North Coast. Thank you for and supporting the vision of heaven. If you want, if you want to pass, I'm telling you, if you're around any pastors that are compromising truth in this hour, you better get up out of there, man. You, you can't afford this right now. If you're around a group of people that compromise truth, you better get out of there too. It's not, it's not worth it. So... Um, it's whole empty, whole everything empty. Uh, so let's receive the offering. Father, thank you for every gift, every giver tonight. Thank you uh, for the faithfulness of your people and how, God, you open the windows of heaven over your people who are faithful. Bless your people tonight. I rebuke poverty and sickness and disease. I speak to every dark crevice and corner, every lie of the enemy over their life tonight. I specifically speak to that situation that I spoke to you about in my secret place earlier. And I say, God, I curse the darkness and command the light to come. Health, healing, strength. I rebuke cancer in all of its forms. Every, every malignant tissue, every, every, every cell, every blood cell, every zit, God, I, re I rebuke in Jesus' name and command the life that you said belongs to us to come and flow through our body and everybody's uh, body tonight that needs a touch from heaven. Uh, bless them tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Exodus 34, 14 to 15 uh, says, you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods and one of them invites you and you eat of his sacrifice. So children, so Hebrews would have known, what, what would Hebrews would have known? You shall worship what? No other God but Yahweh. So the first thing I want you to know is that worship is inherent. You are predisposed to worship. And if you don't pay attention... If we don't pay attention, our, the proclivity of our carnality will influence us in such a way that we will worship what? Come on, talk to me. Other gods. But God's command from the beginning, it's in the big ones, 
You shall worship no other gods, but only me. Because in the day that you do worship, the the day where you stop being attentive to your spirit, your spirit will be overtaken by your carnality, your flesh, your natural desires will go and it will lead you to worship the gods of this world. So first we must acknowledge that worship is innate. You're going to worship. Good worship song comes on. I was on my way here, and one came on, and I could see the woman in the in in front of me. We was at a light, and Jesus was moving in my car, and I just started. I was I scream in my truck. If you ever next to me, I'm probably screaming. I can't I can't sing, but in my truck I can. Jesus loves when I worship in my truck. I'm in my truck, and I'm. I'm, I'm singing, you know, and I could. I caught her looking at me in her mirror. You ever catch somebody looking at you in your mirror? She was looking at me in the mirror, and I said, well, I'm not going to stop worshiping because you're looking at me. So I kept on worshiping. Light turned green. She didn't go nowhere. I'm still worshiping. Uh, everybody behind us, uh, uh, uh. I'm like, it's not me, man. It's her. She's watching me worship. <laughs> worship is inherent. To Nate, you were made to worship. Explain. Explain the longings of the heart and the expressions of your spirit in the midst of God's presence as we worship. You, you can't, you can't, you can't eloquently explain why, but you know you must. So you know you need to know that worship is inherent, and God knew it, and, and God made you to worship. But the warning is you've got to be careful because if, if you don't pay attention, if you become passive, before you know it, you get all mixed up. Your worship will become a mix. It will become a mix of Jesus in a mix of other stuff. God's telling us. Now, now Jesus, in John 4, he says, I got to go to Samaria. I got to go to Samaria, he said. And he gets there, and, and he, he, there at Jacob's well, and the Samaritan woman shows up. Now, it's interesting in the story. Because in the story, she says, our father, Jacob. But then in the same story with Jesus, she said, you Jews believe. She stopped paying attention. If Jacob was her father, then she would not have taken the position of saying to Jesus, you Jews say this is the mountain. The mountain is in Jerusalem from which we should worship. She was Samaritan. Now what you need to know about Samaritans 
is that they're mixed. They come from when Assyria invaded Israel in 720 B.C. They took, they took just about everybody from Israel back. But they left the Jews in Samaria. And as they left the Jews in Samaria in 720 B.C., they began to do what the world do. They began to colonize the ones that were left behind. So when, they, when you colonize, what you do is, doesn't matter the ethnicity, doesn't matter the customs or the cultures of the people that are there, what you do is you take the people that are there and you give them now your customs and your cultures and your gods, and now suddenly these Jews who are from Samaria are, are mixed up with a different culture, with a different custom, with the different gods. And their god is Asher. The Assyrians' god is Asher. And Asher is interesting because, because the Assyrians were a warring people, they created, they, they self-created a god to serve their political agenda. So they created customs in Samaria with the Jews that were left. They created culture in Samaria with the Jews that were left. They intentionally focused on the citizens of Samaria to indoctrinate them and change them from who they were to now this, this mixed-up, confusing group of people and we pick up the story in John 4 and I want to start around verse 19 the woman says sir I perceive you're a prophet our fathers worshiped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. I want you to recognize that she, rec that she was able to identify who Jacob was with one half of her, her being, but she was not able to recognize that she, be she had been indoctrinated to be this mixed, to have this mixed perspective of, of who she truly was and, and where she truly came from because of the colonization of Assyria. <laughs> Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But verse 23, this is where you lock in. 
But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, so there are true worshipers. If there are true worshipers, then there are what? If there are true worshipers, then there must be false worshipers. Jesus said there are tr- the true worshipers will worship the Father. How will they worship the Father? In spirit and truth. So true worship is spirit and it is truth. I want you to recognize right away before we get there that the Trinity is present. What's the Father's heart? The Father is seeking those to worship from the what? Spirit, Holy Spirit. The Father's heart is there. The Holy Spirit's influence is there. And the truth is present. Jesus is there. So true worship is found in the heart of the Father, in the influence of the Spirit, in the presence of truth. Worship that is acceptable is found there. And what I want us to know tonight is that it's quite possible, it is possible for us to worship in air. How is it that we worship in air? Any worship, let me finish the text. The hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him perhaps could worship, maybe might. No, no, it says must worship him in spirit and truth. So, so there's... There's acceptable worship, and there's unacceptable worship. Acceptable worship is worship from the Spirit in the truth. Jesus is dealing with a Samaritan woman, a type of church who is mixed up. He did this for us. He said, I got to go there. Because I need, to, I need to leave an example in the pages of the sacred text so the church in the future will reflect on it and realize when they have gone astray and they have mixed their worship with me, but they've also mixed me with the culture of Assyria or America or Russia or, or Europe. When you say, I need, I need the church to know that any mixing of worship with any of the world is Samaritan worship. And I want you to see that the agenda of the enemy here, how he uses the culture, (laughs) he uses the political stratosphere 
to create customs and culture that make it appealing and appetizing for the Jews left in Samaria to adopt the practices of Israel, to make it convenient and to normalize these things, to make it normal to, to cohabitate with your boyfriend before you get married, to make it normal to, to drink and, and to make it normal to, to normalize sin and mix in with Jesus. And Jesus said, Listen, listen, woman, you don't know what you worship. You don't know what you're talking about. You're all mixed up and confused in, in your theology. You have been confused and you have been seduced by Assyria for so long that you have normalized perversion in the pews. You have normalized dysfunctional Christianity and you have normalized it to such a degree that you think you can stand here and tell the truth what the truth is. And I fear that in America, because you can't tell nobody nothing, because Google's out there, I fear that we're a bit mixed up. I fear that we've added some stuff to Jesus, that if Jesus was to meet us at the well of Jacob, he would look us square in the face and say, go get your husband. Go, 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 go get me your, your tax return. Go, go get me your, you know, he would, he would confront our sin and tell us, you don't, you're worshiping wrong. And in a world that doesn't want to be told nothing, this is really difficult, but I'm telling you tonight, if we desire to touch heaven and change the world, we've got to, we've got to get Assyria out of us. We've got to get this world out of our, our flesh. We've got to get the longings of, of everything about it out of us. We've got to separate ourselves from this stuff. We've got to stop going there, stop talking about it, stop looking at it. We've got to, we've got to become so detached from it that when we walk into it, we feel like we are aliens in this world. And there is, there is a church that's emerging. That's walk, that will walk in the power because she will separate herself from the Assyrian Empire and the colonization and the subjugation. Do you understand that when they colonize, when this world colonizes you, it doesn't do it for your benefit. When they throw commercials on television, they don't do it to benefit you. We know we're the only country. You know, we're the only country that, that allows our television stations to give commercials for pharmaceutical companies. The only country in the world, 230 of them are, and counting or something, over 230 and counting countries, we're the only one in the world that gives permission for pharmaceutical companies to sell drugs directly to our citizens. Why would, our, why would the Assyrian Empire want to do that? Control? Power? Money? We're a bit mixed. So, so there's an acceptable worship and there's an unacceptable worship. Unacceptable worship is any Samaritan worship. 
And, and it might be good for us to like, like ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in our lives where we have taken this world, the culture and the customs of America, and we have made them synonymous with Jesus. Why would it be so controversial for me? Why would I feel such pushback to say that life is sacred, that abortion is murder? Why, why, why? Unless, unless, unless our citizens have been colonized, unless our citizens have been so seduced by, by the, the luxuries and the pleasantries and, 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 the, and the goods of this world, unless they've been seduced, why would it be such a controversial statement to say that marriage is between one man and one woman and there are only two genders? God made them male and female. Why would it be so controversial for a preacher to stand on a stage and proclaim truth? Why? I tell you why. Because we've adopted and embraced our own enslavement. And we've attempted to mix it with Jesus. And I tell you, it grieves the heart of God. It grieves the heart of God that on, on August 8th, most of the church will not vote. And if they do, it's grievous. And it robs us of the living water. It robs us of, of, of thirst-quenching water. It robs us of our power. Mixed worship here. Mixed worship brings blindness, spiritual death, and delusion. Anytime you mix your worship... It'll make you blind. It'll make you, what did I just say? It'll, it'll kill you. It'll make you dead. And it'll make you delusional. Thank you. It, it'll do these three things in the believer's life. What is worship? Let's just, let's just talk about it for a minute. It's not a song. Worship is not a song. So let's just define it. Let's give it a, it's the innate expression of bowing in reverence and submission to God. It's the inherent expression of bowing in reverence and submission. So anything then, anything in our lives that causes us to bow to it in reverence, submission is a God. It's either the living God or it's a God. A false God. So, are you bowing to anything other than Jesus? You say, no, I, I'm not bowing to none of that, man. I'm not doing that. Not me. Not me. You got to take this vaccine or else you can't work. You got to take this chip or else you can't sell. You got to. And remember, it was a political it was a political agenda. Asher was a God made through political means to serve the power of Assyria. And I would present to you today that the very same thing is happening in America. 
That through the political stratosphere, the enemy of all enemies, Satan, has, has formed an alliance with him and he is creating this, 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 this false God that, that puts fear in the heart of the Jews and says, do it or die. And, and for the most part, we do it or die. So whatever you bow to is a God. Leviticus 10.1 says Nadab and Abihu. So I said, it'll make you, it'll kill you. Right? Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, they take censers and they put fire in it. They put incense on it. And they offer everyone profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded. And they... What happens? So Nadab and Abihu decide they're going to mix a bit of something they picked up out there somewhere, you know, in the land. They picked, they had strict. Now, what I want you to see here is Nadab and Abihu, Nadab, Nadab, Nadab and, and Abihu, Abihu. That's not how you spell it, I know. I'm just playing. Abihu. You know who they were? You know who their daddy was? Aaron. That tells me I don't care. I don't care how anointed your mama, your daddy was. I don't care what lineage you come from. If you think you're entitled to carry something, you think that God bows to you for this thing, you are sadly mistaken. I don't care. It don't matter who your mama, your dad is, your grandma, how anointed they are. What matters is, hey, are you, is that fire that you're carrying, is that from the Holy One of Israel? Is that fire you're carrying from the one who walks in the fire with the children? Is that the fire can or are you adding to that fire something you picked up from Assyria? Because if you picked it up and you're mixing it, I want you to see the seriousness of your worship. The seriousness is God will bring spiritual death. He said, I, I will not bless mixed worship. I won't bless what you pick up out there in the world and try to bring it. I won't bless that. I won't bring my presence to that. As a matter of fact, you, you'll, you'll do that and all you'll feel is my absence. I heard something the other day frightened me. It frightened me. There are all these signs. There are all these signs when God comes. They're evident. They're evident, man. When this presence comes into a room, there's stammering of tongues. There's clothes of fire. There's rushing wind. There's suffocation of his presence. I mean, the ministers can't minister. Suddenly now the weeping comes. And when, the, when his presence is present, when his presence comes, you know it. You know it. But when his presence leaves... You will not know it. And you mix, you mix a little bit of this with Jesus and his presence leaves. His presence leaves and the doctor's reports come and all of a sudden you stand and you rise like Samson and you say, I'll go out like I did before and you did not know that God left you. 
Why did he leave you? Because you mixed too much of that with that. You took a little bit. You took one pinch of it and you put it in there. And he said, oh, I won't be there. I'll see you later. And he left. And what scares and frightens me is that we'll become a church that won't know we left. We'll raise children who won't know his presence because his presence hadn't been there for so long. We mistook his presence for talent. We mistook his presence for a good song, a good sermon. I don't need a good song. I need a God song. I need a reverent song. I need a worship song that comes from the holy place of heaven. I need a song. I need worship leaders that worship from the holy place. I need a pastor that pastors from the holy place. I don't want to raise a generation that doesn't know he's not even there. Because they never knew when he was there. Spiritual death. Mixed worship, spiritual death. It'll make you blind too. Genesis 19:10. Come in the Sodom and Gomorrah. Lots there. And the angels are with them. And they go into town, and, and, and it's so depraved at this point. And I feel like this is where we're getting in America. We don't know right from wrong. We don't know boy from girl. We don't know left from right. We don't know moral from immoral. We call light dark and dark light. We're getting to the place where we're so mixed up that we're so confused. And they come in the Sodom. The angels are there. And they go into the house. They get into the house and just a banging on the door. And they said, let us in. And here's what they said. The men reached out their hands. They said, let us in. I got to read it for you. I didn't, I didn't put it there. Genesis 19. I want, you to, I want you to see what they said. It's so depraved. Genesis 19. He says, stand back. This one come to stay here and he keeps acting as a judge. We'll deal worse with you than them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot. In verse five it says, they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came with you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. It's important that you see that, that we may know them carnally. They demanded it. They were going to, they, they promised a lot. I, I, we'll do you worse than they were going to do them. And then the angels reach out, grab Lot, pull him into the house, and they strike them with blindness. And what God's saying here is, I won't be touched carnally you will not touch me irreverently you will not presume to handle me with hands if you he reached out to stabilize it and God killed him 
He reached out to stabilize the cart that was carrying God. And God killed him, struck him dead right there. And he said, I will not be touched with any of this world. I cannot be accessed through your good works. They are as filthy rags to me. I cannot be accessed by how many hours you pray. There is nothing that you can, you can use down here that can manipulate me up here to allow you to touch me. The only way you are permitted to touch me is through the Holy Spirit and Jesus. If you want to touch me, God said, you must go through the ghost that is holy and he must reveal the one whose eyes burn like fire. If you want to touch me, I must be touched only through spirit and truth. I tell you this because I love you. I tell you this because there's a mixing and a great falling away in this hour of Christians who are attempting to malign the gospel of the living God with so much of this world that they would make God feminine or they would make God a homosexual or they would make God the transgender. It's so polluted and, and perverse today. I tell you this because there's too much mixing. He will bring spiritual blindness. So much so that I'll tell you the truth. I'll show you the truth. I'll put the facts right there. I'll put the evidence of it right there. And you won't be able to see it. They won't be able to see it. Spiritual blindness. Delusion. False worship will give you delusion. A spirit of delusion. Romans 1, 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that it may be known of God, because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, even his Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, oh, they think, we think we're so intelligent, this world thinks it's so smart. Professing to be wise, they became fools and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. And here's the part who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Delusion. This worship, this world has fallen into a spirit of delusion. They worship, we worship the creature rather than the God. 
We worship, we worship Assyria and all of its pleasure, but deny the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Acceptable worship is truth and spirit. Heart of Jesus, heart of the Father, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reveals. Here's how you know. Here's how you know acceptable worship. Because the Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will always reveal Jesus. He will always come. When the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will always say, there's Jesus. There's Jesus. John the Baptist, he comes. He's there and they, said, and they come to him and they say, hey, give us an account of who you are. Are you, are you, are you, Elijah, are you a prophet? Who are you? So we can give an account of who you are. And John the Baptist says, and this is the testimony of John. I am not the Christ. That's his testimony. I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. We are not Christ. We are no man's savior. His testimony is I know him. I know him in the power of his resurrection. I know where he is. I can take you to him. I can point you to him. But I, I want you to know I am not the Christ. They are not the Christ. They are not the Christ. Pastor Canton, Dr. Canton is not the Christ. The Christ, I can take you to him, but we are not the Christ. The job of the Holy Spirit is to point us to the living God, Jesus. He said, those who worship, those who worship me must worship me in spirit and truth. So, the, so when, when, when the spirit of God is, is present, he will always point to the person of Jesus. This is how you know authentic worship. When we're worshiping, when we're gathered, you know our gatherings are holy and acceptable to God. When? When they point to Jesus. When they don't point to man, they don't, they don't glamorize man. There's actually a, 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 like a, a website out there, and they're called uh, Preacher Sneakers. Where listen to me. They're making fun of the church. You, you want to know why? Because there are, there are preachers who are walking around with shoes that cost ridiculous amounts of money. And, and they're taking pictures of these, of these preachers wearing these sneakers and they're making fun of them and they're actually pointing out something that's, that's pretty valid. That, that we've made church about our affluence and our abundance and about us and we're looking for all of the attention. We want everybody to look at us. We want, we want everybody to, we do it for us and not for God. And, 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 and whenever you see that, you can be certain the presence of God is not coming. And if there is a spirit that comes, it's not the spirit of God. Because acceptable worship, worship that draws the presence of Jesus, will always witness to Jesus. John 16, 13. However, when the spirit of truth com comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will direct you to Jesus. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. No darkness, no perversion, no sin, no confusion, no distortion. Holy presence. He will point you to holy presence. Truth. Truth. He will, truth. Acceptable worship is truth. In a world that does not care about truth, that wants to, 
tell you that a lie is true, that wants to tell you that boys are girls and girls are boys and you get to choose whatever you want. He, he said, I won't be there. I just, I just, he said, I won't be there. I won't be in a place where they lie. I won't. He, God's telling you, I won't come. Jesus said, the Father won't come to a place where they embrace lies. I won't come, he says. The truth, the truth reveals the word. The truth always challenges the lie and defends you from the, the prince of liars. That's what we need. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. When the lies come, I don't need you to validate the lies. Oh, no, you're cool. You were born that way. I don't need you to tell me I'm broken. I don't need you to validate my brokenness. I need you to tell me the truth. I need you to point me to the only truth that exists in the world in the, in the person of Jesus. I don't, you, I don't need somebody to affirm my dysphoria, my brokenness, my perversion, my, my, my sin. I don't need you to empathize with my sin. I need you to tell me who Jesus is because the enemy's lying to me about who I am. And that's what the world needs today. You don't need to condemn them. You just need to teach them and tell them the truth. The truth is Jesus came to set you free. I know you might think you were born that way, but the Bible says you and I can be born again. We can be set free from the longings of our flesh, from, from the culture of the sin-depraved world of Assyria. We can be set free from it if we would accept Christ. And then the Father, the heart of the Father. Whenever the Father is present, there's glory. There's glory. Glory is the manifest presence of the Godhead. John 12, 45 says, And he who sees me sees him who sent me. There's glory. And the word became flesh, John 1, 14, and dwelt among us, and we beheld glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory, the unspoken manifestation of the Father, always comes where there is spirit and truth. So as I close tonight, I challenge you. I challenge you to search your heart, your home, your motives, your agenda, the way of thinking. I challenge you to search it and see if there's any Assyria in there. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, where have I been colonized by this world? Where have I accepted as normal what you Consider blasphemous God. Where in my life am I allowing darkness to reside and hiding it from the light? Search yourself. Ask yourself tonight, where do you bow? To whom do you bow? To what, what makes you bow? You see, the enemy doesn't know your thoughts, but he does know, he can predict 
the patterns of your behavior. So if he sees that it made you bow before, he comes back to it again and sees if you'll bow to it again. You set yourself free from it. He'll come back and he'll test you to see if you'll bow to it again. To see if you'll mix. You'll take a little bit of what, fe- of what makes you afraid and add it to your Jesus. Fear is the, it's the greatest weapon of our enemy. It's how he makes us bow. Do this or die. Do this or lose your job. Your shame. He uses shame. You can't be because you did that. You'll never be because of who you were. Don't ever think that you know you're a liar. No more bowing. Come on with me tonight. Stand to your feet. As we close tonight, I invite you. I invite you with me. Say, God, separate me. I desire you and you alone. Come on, just lift your hands. Just kind of open your palms up towards heaven right now. I desire you and you alone, Jesus. been set free declare it tonight over you you are set free you no longer are in chains to temptation or sin for whom the sun sets free is free indeed I break every tie from your soul this world in Jesus name right now looking into that camera I break every soul tie to this world every soul tie to every relationship that is not of covenant I break it now in Jesus name every soul tie that pulls you back I break it now in Jesus name and I declare there will be no mixing there will be no Samaritan worship from this day forward That from this day forward, we will be a covenant people that will separate ourselves from this world. And we will say, God, I desire your presence and I know the only access I have to it is spirit and truth. Holy Spirit and Jesus, the Savior and Lord of this world. So I make a covenant tonight to dwell in the secret place with you where you can be found and you said I will reward you openly for what for the relationship and the intimacy that took place in the secret hiding place of my presence bless your people tonight God if you're here watching and you've never given your heart to Christ pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus I ask you to forgive me of my sin I repent Some of us might need to do that tonight. I repent. I repent for listening to it. I repent for watching it. I repent for talking about it. I repent for thinking about it. I repent for the imagination. I repent, God. I repent of this world. I give you my heart. 
give you my life. And I say, take it now and change this world all for your glory. All for your glory tonight, God. Heal and make alive. Now I declare healing in Jesus' name over every person in this room. I declare the oil of heaven is on your hands right now. I declare the next person you touch is going to feel the virtue of heaven move from heaven through you and to the person you touch. I bless you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you.